It's always showtime at BetMGM Sports. You can make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 when you sign up with the code SHERDOG. Don't let another game day go by without having the ultimate sports betting app in the palm of your hand. Discover non-stop excitement with BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and dozens of betting options, including live wagers, props, parlays, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is or how you like to wager, find out why there's nothing like getting a W at the King of Sportsbooks. Use the code SHERDOG and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Arizona, Colorado, Washington, D.C., Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, and Virginia. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help uh, in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Tennessee, call the red line at 800-889-9789. In Mississippi, call 1-888-777-9696. Sports betting is void where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada. Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan over here in beautiful Ireland. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, a beautiful London card coming up this weekend as Bellator 281. 281 goes down uh, over in uh, over in the SSC Arena in Wembley. Um, and it's, uh, it's a pretty good card. A lot of... UK talent, a bit of Irish talent, even and a bit of American talent as well, coming over to, to take some of those on. So um the uh, welterweight title is on the line in the main event. Obviously, Amasov uh, is over in Ukraine fighting at the moment. Um and he was supposed to fight MVP in the main event. Uh, obviously that's not uh, not able to happen now, so Logan Storley steps in and the interim title will be on the line between himself and Michael Venom Page. And we will we will get into that fight and I'll break it down because I think it's a very a very big fight, a very important fight as well, especially I think uh well for both guys, but especially for, for Michael Venom Page. Um there's a good few up and comers on this card as well, a few veterans and all of that. And I'll work my way up the card, so I'm gonna start to the bottom. Pick out a few fights that I, I really want to talk about and uh, we'll we'll break down the card as we go. Let me know in the comment section below which fight you're most looking forward to uh, on this card, which prospect you're most looking forward to. Maybe if you're going to the card, maybe if you, you want to see Leona Machida or someone like that, which legend you're looking forward to seeing as well, uh, get involved and we'll we'll uh, we'll keep the chat going. Um so 
a few standouts on the undercard. Obviously, the you know the undercard starts with Lashana Green against uh, Kira Pincho. Uh, Green has been around the scene for a good but she's a name that always sticks out maybe because her name is Lashana Green you know it's, it's kind of a cool name but she's been around the UK scene uh, fighting for a while she's 4-4-1 four, four and one. Uh, Pincho is out of um, out of Italy um, she beat Caterina de Lidza on her last fight that was um, at the Lima versus MB- MVP fight back in t- uh, 2021. Um, and, you know, she fought Danny McCormick from here in Ireland before that as well on the uh, the McCourt versus Ruiz card here in Dublin. So I've seen her um, obviously fight up close and, and person. And not, she went the three rounds with Danny McCormick and that. And, you you know, you probably slightly favor her here based on that and based on her win over Delizia as well uh, in her uh, in her last fight, Lashana Green. She... She's probably a little bit better than that record suggests, but um, yeah, it's it'll probably be a fun fight to open up uh, the card. After that as well, uh, Andrus Andraviskius uh, is on the card against David uh, uh, Tralero. Um, you probably know Ar- Arunas. Uh, he lost to Lee Chadwick last time up, but he came into that off of like, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fight win streak. Um, he two years off before the two fights he's coming out of London shoe fighters as well so everyone knows uh, you know lads coming out of that gym are going, are going to be very very good and you know he beat the likes of James Mulhern and Deniston Sutherland and others as well and on his way up Fraser OP and uh, the local scene so uh, he's uh, a pretty a pretty good all round fighter 11 KOs on his uh, on his ledger there um, Trillero is out of um, Spain and this is his first one in Bellator he's won his last three in a row so it'll be interesting to see uh, how he looks here uh, on that one starting out the undercard uh, probably the biggest name then on the uh, on the first four or five fights Lee Chadwick uh, he's fighting uh, Magic Rosansky I, I suppose people might know Rosansky for uh, his win over Lee, uh, Will Flory in the middle of the pandemic Will got a one fight release I, th- I think it was at the time um, he ended up losing that fight to Magic, and then he's um, he went back to Bellator and stuff. And now he's the, obviously a champion UARs. But for Magic himself, he won that fight, and he won two more after it as well. Um, and he's you know he's earned his chance now. Back in the day, he fought in Vinator against Jack Hermanson and he he lost that fight. But you know he's fought uh, uh Mahmoud Muradov, who people might know, and others as well down through the years. So. It's probably, uh, you know, he's fought in ACB and he's fought in Babylon and EFM. There's some very, very big shows. But uh, he's first shot in Bellator now and we'll see see how he goes in this one. I I think it'll probably be... uh uh, probably be good. He's heavy wrestler, good submissions and thing like yeah, and things like that. So we'll we'll see how that one goes. Lee Chadwick, you know, an absolute ball of muscle, just an animal of a fighter altogether. I think he went into that last fight against uh, Aruna, so I just mentioned as the underdog, but ended up winning it. Um, and uh, that was obviously in Dublin as well. And you know, <laughs> Lee Chadwick is a kind of a, a great character and to see me around for a, lo- a long time. You know, fought Fabian Edwards, fought Carl Moore, and you know, has fought in Cage Warriors and ACB and all sorts of different places. Um, so it's it's good to see him getting another shot here and another uh, another big fight in uh, in London as well. Um, Andrew Fisher is stalwart as well of the of the local scene. He's eighteen, eight and one. I honestly, if you'd asked me Andrew Fisher's record, I probably would have said about 
30, 12 and 7 or something like that. He's a, it seems like he's been around forever and ever and ever. He's on a, a good run at the moment. Um, oh, well, okay, the last one was an eye poke against, um, against Robert Whiteford, but he beat Ashley Grimshaw before that. He had uh, two wins in, in uh, ACB, one of them over Nicholas Backstrom, who we know from the UFC. And, uh, you know, he was... Norman Park is the only guy who's beaten him here in the last, what, Oh, seven years, no, what were your eight years? Jesus, I didn't think it was that long of a run. But yeah, Norman Park, the only defeat of his in the last eight years. You know, that mad knockout against uh, Artem Lavov was before that and the, the card I was at in Dublin. Um, and that seems like a long time ago. But, um, you know, it'd be interesting. Obviously, he took a few years off in between. I didn't fight between 2017 and 2020. He came back with that win against Ashley Grimshaw. But uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see him back is when he's fighting uh, Itala Kor- Korkmaz uh, coming out of Germany here. Uh, he fought in UAE Warriors as well. Uh, he won his last fight and he's coming over here now. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that fight is. I feel like I'm saying it'll be interesting to see uh, all of these uh, fights in the undercard. One fight, you know, Irish fans will be very, very interested to see Charlie Ward. He's taking on Alan Carlos here. Um, you know, Charlie has been uh, he's been everywhere. You know, fighting in uh, fighting in the UFC, big run now and a good run going for him in Bellator. Obviously, he fought in the local scene here, but. I think for Charlie, it's 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 a big fight because he had a bad injury. I mean, I believe it was a shoulder injury he had. Uh, he was supposed to fight. I think I think it was the Dublin card, but look, he hasn't fought since October twenty twenty. So it's been a good while out of the cage for Charlie, and he was on a great run. You know, he was in the rankings. Um, you know, he was kind of on his way up. There was talks of maybe a Fabian Edwards fight and, and others. I, I think that was the fight that was made. It wasn't the Fabian Edwards fight, yeah. But there was talks of, you know, big fights for Charlie. And since he came to Bellator, he's on an unreal one. One, two, three, four, five, six and one. Since he uh, went to Bellator, the only loss, a decision loss uh, to Pietro Pinini. You know, he's beaten Justin Moore, Jamie Stevenson, Andy Manzolo and others as well. Uh, Johnny Jitsu famously, as we all kind of remember when McGregor jumped into the cage. But it's been a great run for Charlie and this... Um, you know, uh, the recovering from the injury, I suppose, will be the probably the biggest part here. But Alan Carlos as well. Went back and watched a few of his fights. You know, he's fought in cage warriors and other places. He's been around for a long, long, long time now, Alan Carlos. He's 38 years of age. Uh, he hasn't fought since 2018. That fight I watched with Norman Perezzi. Uh, he won that fight, a very close fight. Um, you know, Alan Carlos is a guy who... <laughs> you know, I, I don't think there's any mistake in what either of these two guys will want to do. Charlie will want to keep it standing and land big shots, and Alan Carlos will want to get the fight to the ground. Uh, out of his 10 wins inside the distance, eight of them are by submission. So that tells you all you need uh, to know he's very, very good on the ground. Now, saying that as well, Charlie has some good takedowns and he's good uh, top position and good ground and pound as well. So I don't think Charlie will be out of it. And Carlos, you know, that fight against Norman Perez, he stayed on the feed for most of it and he ended up winning it. Uh, so it's not like, uh, you know, I'm not saying either both of them are useless in, in, in the other area, not, far from it. Uh, but I think Charlie's a very, very good boxer. Carlos is an okay boxer, okay to good. Whereas Carlos on the ground is obviously a BJJ black belt and all that, so I'm sure he'd be hoping to get Charlie down and try to submit him. But as I say, like, I think Charlie, he's. 
he's uh the last time he fought in Dublin I remember we were talking to him afterwards and he was talking about how he's improved in his strength and conditioning and you know he, he they had him running uh, running hills and running down laneways and all there in the Midlands and and stuff and he his condition has improved an awful lot and I think that is something you'd seen in uh, in Charlie's recent fights I think it's been very good and he's been kind of smarter game planning as well as I mentioned throwing in a few takedowns and doing a few things uh, a little bit different maybe than you'd expect and I think it's really benefited him um, and uh, look I think honestly if I had to pick this and I had, I'll be doing the betting show obviously later on the week I think Alan Carlos is a pretty good matchup for Charlie to be honest because uh, he, he I don't think he has the best takedowns in the world um, obviously once he gets there and once he gets to the ground he's very very good but I think that's the area maybe where Charlie would struggle if there was someone who was a very, very good wrestler, you know, as, as anyone would struggle. Uh, but I don't, I just don't think Carlos is that, and I don't think he'll catch him in that way. Now, it, all it takes is one. Carlos is very good at catching leg kicks. Uh, so maybe if, if you're Charlie, you would avoid that, and, you know, one slip or one fall to the ground is all it takes against someone like Carlos. But I think... Uh, Charlie will be faster than him on the feet and I think once he is I think the power will kind of tell and uh, I think he'll land a good few shots and Carlos and maybe could be a late finish or a decision win for Charlie Ward here would be uh, would be my prediction but um, that's one of those fights that uh, it's a big one for Charlie Ward and I'm looking forward to, to seeing uh, how he goes in that one um, Alfie Davis versus Tim Wilden is the, the next up in the lightweight uh, division I'm a big fan of Alfie Davis. I like I like his attitude. I like his style. He's out of London shoot fighters as well. Uh, he like he lost Alexander Shibley in his last fight uh, back in the summer of last year, and before that he had beaten uh, Connie Wanless, who a lot of people t- uh, think a lot of, and he you know he's win over Daniel Skitizi and others as well uh, in Bellator. Um, and he's just a good, solid, all-around fighter. And you could say the same, I suppose, for Tim Wilde. You know, be another guy who's been on the scene for a long, long time now, 18 fights deep in his career. He's beaten uh, Yves Landu, we saw last week, uh, on Bellator Paris, and he's beaten Charlie Leary, who we also saw as well. You know, he's only lost in the last, what, six fights is to, to Bryn Primus uh, back in 2019. So, you know, for the UK scene, that's a, a kind of a, another... Uh, Another good matchup. You've kind of the Midlands against the the London uh, fighter there, so there'll be a there'll be a bit of needle there, I'm sure. But I would fancy Alfie Davis. I think in that one uh, overall, I think they're not too dissimilar fighters. They'll both like, want to strike, uh, and I think Alfie Davis might be a little bit younger and a little bit, um, you know, a little bit uh, quicker in that one. Uh, Kate Jackson against uh, Elena Kalinadu uh, is the the next fight up. Kate Jackson, you know. 35 years of age now another person has been around the scene for a good while she's lost you know to to the last uh the last two challenger and maybe not challenger but denise keyholz who challenged before the last challenger uh who is now the champion uh and elima and mcfarland who was the last champion as well and you know she's had a tough run in bellator she fought valerie retorno as well and she lost those three fights but she's won her other three fights in her sixth fight uh run uh, in bellator so you know, it's it's a big opportunity for her here again, coming back to her home, uh, her home country. Uh, Elena Kalinow, don't know a lot about her. She has fought a couple of times uh, on uh, in in Bellator. I saw her fight, fight once live against Beck Rollins. Uh, you know, I was look. She probably did better than most people were, were thinking, but 
yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sold on her, to be honest. She got her last win, first win in Bellator last time out uh, in the uh, in the autumn of last year. But, um, you know, and she uh, she had actually fought in Bellator before that as well. She fought Sinead Kavanagh and others. But, yeah, I think uh, I think this should be a, a handy enough one for Kate Jackson. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, that's the way I see that one going anyway. Um, th- there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of kind of uh, stalwarts of the European scene in this card. And uh, next up would be Oliver Inkamp, who uh, who I would class as that as well. Uh, Thirty years of age, now you never think. I always think of Oliver Inkamp as kind of this young guy up and coming with, you know, really good jujitsu, really good ground game. The problem in his last fight, he fought Kyle Crutchmere, who, you know, is one of the best up and coming wrestlers in Bellator, and they have a lot of them. Um, you know, he went on a three fight win streak before that, after coming out of the UFC off of a couple of losses, but uh, you know. I think he is, he's one of these guys that uh, I think people maybe underestimate a little bit and he could come out and turn into a very, very good fighter. I think he's very good athleticism, a very good, you know, um, all-around fighter. And it'd be interesting this year against Mark Liminger. Uh, he lost to uh, Neiman Gracie last time out. And he's been on, you know, lost three of his last four in Bellator. But look, as I mentioned, Gracie was one of them. Amasov was the other one. Jaleel Willis was the other. So... You know, he'll be hoping to bounce back to winning ways here, and I think this could be an interesting and a good fight between the two of these. The, the undercard fight, I think, which I'm probably most looking forward to, apart from probably the, the Charlie Ward fight, but that's only because I'm Irish, is uh, Daniel Veitch against Robert Whiteford. You know, again, I'll say two stalwarts of the... of the Maybe not Veitch, not so much the European scene, but a European stalwart, let's put it that way, with 53, 54 fights... Uh, I watched him fight live last time against Pedro Carvalho here uh, in uh, in Ireland, and it was a very good fight. Obviously, Carvalho ended up winning there, but you know, Vichel, he's one of these lads that you look at him and he's a well-rounded fighter, and you think, okay, his striking is as good as his ground game or his submissions. He's twenty-two submissions in his career, five knockouts, so maybe tells a little bit of a story. But if you're to only look at that story, I think you'd kind of take away from how good of a an all-round fighter he is. You know, he's some great wins there, especially that run back in two thousand and fifteen where he beat Carcanyan, he beat Emmanuel Sanchez, he beat Brian Moore, and not before that, he beaten Pat Coran. Uh, Desmond Green and others as well so this guy is a really 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 good fighter and Robert Whiteford as well another guy coming you know, coming out of Scotland and the, that kind of the great Scottish hope uh, I suppose for, for a while and he was in the UFC and you know he won some he lost some at some good wills you know he knocked out Paul Redmond uh, in, in that fight as well Paul Redmond cut down a lot lost to Darren Elkins as most people do and lost to Lucas Martinez as well and got cut and, you know he went on a great run in an ACB winning three fights in a row beating the likes of Ken Musa and others and you know defeated Sam Cecilia before that uh, unfortunate eye poke um, you know Whiteford is is a hitter, you know, he hits hard, he's 39 years of age now as well, you'd never think it, you know, Um, and him against Weichel, I think it's going to be one of those fights, even though I said about all the submissions of Weichel, I think the two of these lads are going to strike, Uh, if Weichel does get it to the ground, okay, he'll probably have a bit of an advantage there, but uh, I think it's going to be a fun uh, fun matchup on the feet, and uh, the two of them are going to, they're going to go at it. Um, Luke Trainer against Simon uh, Biong. Uh, is the next one then, uh, being out of Italy. Uh, lost his last fight in his Bellator debut to, to Christian Edwards, uh, but was on a great run before that, winning four in a row uh, in the uh, in EFC and Risen and other places as well. Um, 
all of his uh, six wins inside the distance are all by KO. And Luke Trainer, this is one of the guys you always ask the people over in the UK, and they say, "This is, you know, this is one of our guys. This is one of our next guys coming through." In only his what his fifth fight last time out, he fought Yannick Batty, who's been around for a long, long time, uh, and he beat him. You know, and he knocked him out in the second round as well. So, um, uh, definitely an interesting name, and there's a reason why he's kind of high up the card here. So, I definitely want to, to look out for. Uh, on this one he's actually I'm, I'm just looking I got the official card here he's actually opening up the main card um, so uh, he's definitely one you know for the future to keep an eye on it only 5 and all. you know very good fighter very very good uh, right let's get to the main card um, and it's a it's a main card that I'm I'm really looking forward to. Uh, first of all, let me get uh, Den- Denise Keelholtz. Get to Denise Keelholtz versus Kenna uh, Wanatabe. You know, Keelholtz to me one of the best fights of last year against uh, Juliana Velasquez, the the, the recently dethroned uh, champion. Um, I really, really enjoyed that fight. You know, she was on a four-fight win streak before that. Wanatabe as well, you know, lost to the current champion, her only loss in her career in 35 seconds to Liz Caramouche. She was on a great run before that, obviously winning 10 fights in a row, but winning, you know, two in Bellator, and she'd won a couple in deep and rising in other places as well, um, and beating, you know, Ilara Joanna, who has impressed a few people uh, in her career so far in Bellator. But, you know, good Good fight. And look, this one, I think it's a pretty even matchup. I would fa- fancy Keelholz to win it. But it's one of those fights that I think will put the person who wins it in line. Because is the rematch going to happen for the title? It probably will. And who's going to be next? It could be the winner of this one. You know, you could see the loser fighting Ali Mele McFarlane or something like that. So a big uh, a big matchup here for, for, both of these, uh, for both of these ladies in the flyweight division. Um, Paul Daly, apparently his retirement fight here in London... And uh, a big, big, big uh, sadness, I suppose, came over me. I only found out, I asked. I actually asked Bellator, any chance of the official card there? And I was like, no, the Paul Daly Koreshka fight fell out. And they were like, yeah, it happened two weeks ago. Somehow missed it. And I, I was like, okay, I better go. And I watched some uh, Wendell uh, Giacomo fights, uh, which I did just before this. He's, he's uh, a new opponent. Um, and that's very unfortunate. Like, it's... It was supposed to be his retirement fight. Maybe it still is his retirement. But it's hard to see Paul Daly retiring now uh, <laughs> after this. You know, with, with this fight now. We'll talk about the fight in a second. But like, Paul Daly has had a great career. Maybe it's one to talk about next week instead of this week uh, after the fight happens. But, you know, in London, if he was to go out in a big win, I think it might be it might be fitting for, for uh, Paul Daly if he was to win it. But I, I feel like Daly has always been the type of guy, right? Um, he has taken fights against anyone, any name, and sometimes that's great, and sometimes it's like, well, you end up fighting a lad who probably you sh- shouldn't be fighting. Now, uh, Wendell is, is probably that as well, but in terms of his ability, maybe not, but I'm talking in terms of ability sometimes as well, and I think he didn't like that, and I, and I think maybe it's something he thought back on in his career and thought, shit, probably shouldn't have done that. You know, I probably should have thought, taken a better fight. And I think he he did it at times as well to try to get back in the UFC and try to get into good books and, and, and uh, you know, and, and different things. But I, I feel like he wanted to go out on a big fight and a big win to go out in his career. And the fact that he's kind of not getting that now, the nay, big name anyway, and the big fight, uh, I think that'll kind of... Um, That'll hurt him a little bit, and I think he'll be back. Well, I think all MMA retirements will be back, but I think this one especially. But anyway, we'll get to the fight. You know, we know Paul Daly. We know Paul Daly. He wanted to stop a takedown. He wanted to throw his big left hook. He wanted to throw his jabs. He wanted to be 
landing those big power shots and he'll get tired a little bit if he can't land them and he can't get the knockout and that's it that's Paul Daly he's not the most complicated fighter in the world he likes to land big shots he likes to knock you out he's good defensively and things well at times um, Wendell Giacomo this guy I was very impressed with him now I could only find one of his fights or t- sorry one of his fights another kind of half a fight and in some highlights as well so but what I did see, I was very impressed with. He's a, he's a, another one of these guys who comes out and he's throwing all these wild kicks, kicks to the body, head kicks. Um, and then in the middle of it, he gets his opponent thinking and he shoots in on a big double leg and he takes him down. Vicious ground and bound, really good on top. Um, he's a finisher as well. In, in that fight I watched with his opponent, he actually, the opponent hurt his knee. I think he hurt it kind of... Uh, he, you know, uh, Wendell was winning the fight he- uh, handily anyway, and he was throwing a few leg kicks. But I think he kind of hurt it stepping back, and then Wendell just started blasting leg kicks at him, and eventually the guy ended up tapping out to... Uh, it was a very, very bad injury, it looked, uh, but um, uh, Wendell did well to just attack it and go after it and get that finish. But all around, I was very, very impressed with him. I like his striking. He's not just one of these guys. You know, see, sometimes jiu-jitsu guys like, you know, even a Verdum or someone like that, he throws these wild strikes just to maybe get the fight to the ground. Um, and Wendell does that too, but he's he is great. It looks to me as someone who knows nothing about it, but he, he has great technique and he strikes and he throws them with power and he lands with power. And it's not just wild strikes for the sake of wild strikes to get the fight to the ground. I think his strikes are useful. And uh, he is definitely someone in that division. I would be looking forward to going, you know, going for, I'd love to see him fight MVP. We'll get the MVP in a second, but I would love to see that fight. I think it'd be a great fight. But um, yeah, I um. I actually think Wendell will win this fight against Paul Daly, to be honest, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes for Paul. I'm, I'm sure the UK crowd won't like me after saying that, but it's a it's a good fight. I like this is going to be a fantastic fight. I if it stays on the feet, and you know, I don't don't I actually don't think it will. I, I I'll retract my fantastic fight for Paul Daly part anyway. Maybe it might be a fantastic fight for Wendell, but he has that takedown there, and I think he'll use it as well. Um, Right, let's talk about the top two fights on the card. Leona Machida versus Fabian Edwards. And obviously the main event in. Um, you know, Fabian has been... He's had an iffy spell, I suppose, in in Bellator. 9-2 and two now in his career. Lost the last two in a row to Austin Vanderford. And Costello Vancina is a very close split decision against Mike Shipman before that. And, you know, he had some good wins. Luke Chad or Luke Chadwick, Man United player. Uh, Lee Chadwick and, and Ken Kapine and a few more uh, before that. Uh, in uh, both Bellator and Bama. Um, this is a massive fight for him because, you know, a, a lot of the talk about Fabian has been about, you know, he's going to be fighting for the title. He's one of the best in the world. But the two step-ups he took, you know, he lost both of them. Both very close. I, I, I actually thought the, the Vanderford fight was way closer than people thought. I thought like, Vanderford was laying on top of him for a lot of those, that fight, actually landing very little. And Fabian, when he was able to land, was able to land. You know, the Cancelo Vancinas fight... I did think Costello won that one, to be fair, but it was a split decision, another close one as well. Um, so it's time now for him, you know. We, we, uh, Musashi has a fight coming up in here against soon, who's against Johnny Eblen, I think. Um, he just fought Aston Vanderford. It feels like Musashi is trying to fight five times a year, you know. So a win here could earn either guy, especially Edwards, I think, a title shot. Um, and you're fighting a legend, you're fighting a really, really good fighter, one of the best fighters ever in... in the history of mixed martial arts. Uh, but is he still that? You know, Leo de Machida, is, is he still that? 
that's it's a hard one. It's a hard one to say. Probably not. Let's be honest. Lost to Ryan Bader, Phil Davis, and Musasi. So it's not as if he's losing to nobodies, you know. But Ryan Bader at two or five, I don't think he is what he used to be, honestly. And you know, Phil Davis is going to Phil Davis a split decision, a split decision with Musasi as well. So. Uh, and that Musasi fight was a very fun one, but that was what three years ago now at this stage, you know. And he, he beat Chael and Rafael uh, Carvalho and Vitor Belfort and loads of others before that as well, you know. Back to his his UFC run where he beat anyone and everyone. Um, so look, it is one of those fights where we'll we'll tell a lot, I suppose, about Leota and we'll tell a lot about Fabian Edwards. Uh, with who wins this fight because Fabian, a big issue in Fabian's game, I think has been his inability to kind of let everything out and his inability to maybe take the chances when he's given the chances. chances. Because I don't think anyone can maybe uh, can deny how good Fabian Edwards is. He is a brilliant all-around fighter. You know, I follow Fabian since his amateur days. Uh, Graham McDonald, who, who uh, co-hosts a Severe May podcast with me, uh, I think he was over there and he saw Fabian fighting in an amateur fight or something and he kind of put me onto him and I was watching him watch a few of his amateur fights and, you know, obviously being Leon's brother, we all kind of knew him anyway uh, in terms of, oh, he's a brother coming up and you hear the rumours but then go and watching him and you know, you you know, he won an ar- a fight for Armbar, I think it was in the amateurs where he was losing and he came back and, you know, he has that ability. It, I just feel like he's maybe, and this is a weird thing to say, maybe he's tried to be a little bit too much like Leon in his professional career and I think he needs to get away from that a bit like Leon is a very good structured fighter I think Fabian needs to be very structured but a little bit less structured if you get me I think he needs to throw bigger shots I think he needs to let out his power and athleticism I think he's a better athlete than Leon I think he hits harder than Leon I I, I think he's more well-rounded in in as a total fighter than Leon as well I, I think Fabian is Fabian is brilliant Fabian Fabian He's a brilliant fighter, but he just feels like he's holding it in a bit. And he's one of these guys at one stage in his career, things are going to click for him and he's going to be absolutely brilliant. If that doesn't happen here, though, it's a tricky, tricky tie because Leona Machida is the type of guy who will stand on the outside. And if you're not able to break down that distance or if you're not able to let your shots go when he comes in, then he'll just bamboozle you for 15 minutes and suddenly you've lost the decision. So Leon Edwards is going to, or sorry, uh, Fabian Edwards is going to need to throw his shots. He's going to need to land his shots in this fight. There's no standing around watching Leona Machida. There absolutely isn't. Like, even if it's not the same Leona, even if it's uh, an older version, a slower version of Leona Machida, it doesn't matter how slow or old he is. He's still very hard to hit um, if you don't throw those shots, if you don't let the hands go, if you don't be proactive as well in different areas against him. Um, and I think that's the key to this fight. If Fabian can let his hands go and get not necessarily get into a firefight with Leota, because Leota won't get into firefights anyway. But you, if you exchange with Leota, I think it's been shown, especially in that better fight, you can be faster than him. And I think Fabian hits hard enough as well to make Leota start thinking about it. And he's going to need to do that. But he needs to do that. He, he really, really does need to do that. And this, as I said, it's a very telling fight. If Leota loses this... Uh, I think it's, look, it's his first career loss in, in a long time against someone who isn't right at the top of the division, like Bader, Davis, Musassi are right there at the top. Not to say that Fabian can't be, but at the moment he's probably, you know, he's five or six back or whatever it might be, and still kind of an up-and-comer. To me, I think he's very good, and I'll favour him to win this fight, but he needs to do it, you know, and... Uh, 
it, it'll be that fight as well. If Fabian wins it, I think something will have to have clicked and then he'll be on his way up as well. So, an interesting fight there. Let's talk about the main event. Uh, MVP Michael Vinn and Page against Logan Storley. It's, it's a massive fight for MVP. And I talk about proving things. Um... This is a proving fight for MVP. And, you know, he was supposed to fight Yaroslav Amosov. And I mentioned at the start, obviously, he's over in Ukraine fighting. And maybe that would have been a better fight in terms of proving it to the masses. Logan Storley, I think, if he beats Logan Storley, I don't think people will acknowledge how great of a win it is because maybe they don't know Logan Storley as well as they'd known, say, an Amosov. Obviously, Amosov beat Logan Storley. It was a very close fight. I, I, I literally, I think it could have gone to Logan Storley. Honestly, it was that close. I went back and watched it a couple of weeks ago uh, when Storley was fighting. Uh, so the win against Storley, I think, proves MVP is one of the best fighters in the world if he can win the fight. And we will get to the fight in a second. Uh, but it's been a career for MVP. And I, I said it about Paul Daly. But Paul Daly has fought some very, very good people in between fighting some maybe not so very good pe- people. MVP's only fought very good people once or twice in his career. Like, he's fought cans, literally, at, at times. Journeyman, you know, the, the 15th-ranked guy in the division when he was ranked number one or two. That is a, a stain on the career of MVP. I, I, and I am someone who believes those fights are necessary, but up until a point. You know, I think you should have your experience, get your fights, become comfortable as an MMA fighter, and then take the step up. But when the step up almost never comes, that's just a terrible, terrible, terrible thing for your career. And it feels like MVP for a long time was that. Now, that has changed. He fought, obviously, Lima. He's forced to uh, fight Amosov here. He's now fighting Storley. So that has changed, you know, um, and and long may it continue. And hopefully it stays like that. Um, so for him to win this fight, I think it kind of proves that his way maybe worked for him. And it will prove that he is one of the best fighters in the world to people in the know. You know, Logan Storley, uh, one of the best fighters in the world, one of the best wrestlers fighting in mixed martial arts today. And if MVP beats him, it's a very, very good win. So it's a massive fight for MVP's career. You know, he's getting on as well uh, now in in age. He's 35 years of age and the way he fights, and he's a speed merchant, you know, all about fast twitch movement. If he doesn't do it now, he might never do it. So this is a massive fight in his home country as well. Huge for MVP and a, a big proven fight for him. Um, so the fight itself, I suppose. Look, this is an easy matchup to to uh, to talk about. MVP, this point fighting, elusive, light on his feet, long striker from the outside, switching stances, hands down, high kicks, spinning kicks, front kicks, jabs from the outside, runs away, tries not to get taken down at all costs non-stop can go for five rounds running around that's him logan storley wrestler take you down put you on the ground destroy you on the ground we saw in his last fight his striking has improved but we can forget about that for this fight he will not want to be striking with michael venom page he will be trying to take him down early and often as he should um that's the crux of this fight you don't need any more of a breakdown than that Anyone else who's <laughs> break this fight down longer than that is probably lying to you or probably giving you more intricacy than you actually need it. That's this fight. And uh, it comes down to can Storley take him down, hold him down and beat him down. Or, and if he can, he'll win the fight. Absolutely, 10 times out of 10. Uh, if he can't, uh, MVP will beat him 10 times out of 10 as well, I think. He's too good on the feet. He's too long. He's too strong. Um... 
you know, he's and he's strong. When I say strong there, he is I think he's a very, very strong guy on the feet and he's he's actually good takedown defense against the cage as well. And he can get up win taking down. So when I said, you know, take him down, keep him down and beat him down, I mean that. You know, if he doesn't keep him down or if he doesn't beat him down, MVP will get back up and he'll be fighting well as well. So it's not gonna be that easy for Logan Sorley if he does get the fight to the ground. It certainly won't be easy for uh, for MVP as well on the feet because there will be the tread of that takedown and Sorley can hit. So uh you know but it is it is one of those if he can keep it on the feet for 25 minutes MVP will win uh, in 25 minutes or less and if he can get it on the ground for large periods of that 25 minutes Logan Storley uh, absolutely will win get it on the ground and keep it on the ground for large periods uh, so yeah that's um that's it, and that's the whole card. Uh, a very interesting one. Obviously, we were supposed to have Jason Jackson versus Douglas Ema. Unfortunately, that fell out uh, due to injury, and Carcagna fell out as well. But we're still left with a pretty good card and, uh, and a meaningful one as well. So I will leave it there. Enjoy the fights this weekend. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com, and I'll see you all next time.